What do you want your future to look like? What do you want? What do you really want to see when you think about like peace of mind and what that really truly means to you? And then what's required to give you that peace of mind? You know, where where a person lives throughout their retirement years plays a huge role in that. This is a show where we'll explore what it means to retire with purpose. To make a difference, to invest in your family, your community, to live to your full potential and explore abundant opportunities to live with purpose in community. From Garden Spot Communities in New Holland, Pennsylvania, welcome to Purpose in Retirement. Hello, I'm Scott Miller, the Chief Marketing Officer at Garden Spot Communities. And I'm Juanita Fox, the storyteller. In this season of A Purpose in Retirement, we're going to be talking to experts um, who can answer some of the tough questions about the process of moving into a retirement community. That's right. We will talk with a financial advisor who built an online database of retirement communities, a real estate agent, a former moving consultant, someone who recently moved to a retirement community, as well as a social worker and a sales associate at a retirement community. At the end of the season, we hope that we've covered most of the questions you may have about moving to a retirement community. So Juanita, let me ask you a question. Where do you shop? Mostly online. I love the convenience and the privacy of shopping for my home. Actually, I prefer to shop and do all my research on my phone. I rarely use my home computer. So it's like online shopping has transformed the way that we do business. We used to rely heavily on newspaper advertising. In fact, I just looked up the other day in like 2008. We spent $20,000 a year on Yellow Book advertising. Um, today, the, you know, the majority of advertising is online, and we actually refer to our website um, as one of our salespeople. I think the transformation's been good. Personally, I think consumers are more informed than they were 20 years ago. I will very rarely purchase something unless I've been able to read a review and get somebody else's opinion. It matters. Yeah, it does. And so today we're going to be talking with Brad Breeding. He is the founder of MyLifeSite.net. That's right. Brad and his partners began to build MyLifeSite.net about 10 years ago on the premise that consumers should be more informed. They should have access to better information when they're evaluating retirement communities. As a financial advisor in Raleigh, North Carolina, Brad realized that many people were confused and overwhelmed by the various choices and options they had before them particularly as it relates to continuing care retirement communities. Yeah, and Brad also realized that there is a lack of unbiased and in-depth information to help consumers, you know, like effectively navigate the decision process, primarily because marketing people write all the messages. Today, MyLifeSite.net is an invaluable resource where consumers can, you know, access the tools that they need. They can look at calculators and learn more, just learn more, all those terms that we use in retirement living. They can actually find that information themselves, and they can compare and contrast retirement communities across the country. After the break, we'll learn more from Brad. Garden Spot Communities is really pleased to partner with Life Cycles. They're an organization that, that works to build young men and women of character through bicycle tours that helps them to lead and live God-honoring lives. That, so the, the organization has trained spiritual mentors and they work and they guide the teenagers. 
our director of environmental services, Al Vega, is one of the leaders of, of that group. And they just recently rode across the United States. They, they told the stories the whole way along. It was a fantastic time. But they build up to that by doing local rides every week. And so if you would like to, to learn more about that, or if you're a cyclist and you would like to cycle with them and get involved, you know, they are always looking for volunteers and they're looking for support. So you can check out the organizations. It's Life Cycles. Check out the link at the end of the podcast or visit www.lifecyclesteam.org. Brad, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. You know, Brad, in this season of uh, Purpose in Retirement, Juanita and I are going to be talking to a whole variety of uh, people. And um, we'll be having conversations about sort of like the ins and the outs of moving to a retiring community. And so we're hoping that we're going to be able to answer most of the questions for people that people don't know to ask um, about moving into a retirement community. So to begin our conversation, what is your work experience and background and what led you to build MyLifeSite.net? Sure. So my background is in the financial planning business. I uh, was in that industry right out of college and spent my first th- or 13 years um, in, in that uh, line of, of work. And those last couple of years in the financial planning or financial advising world is where I really discovered that a lot of people have a really difficult time wrapping their minds around all the different types of senior living options. There's just so much, as you all know, just yep. the nuance and all the terminology, right? And uh, and the differences from one type of community to another. I really recognize that need and the need for guidance and education and helping people, just as you all are with this podcast, understanding what to look for, what to ask, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and all those kind of things. And so that's what really led us to start uh, what we have today, which is mylifesite.net. We are really an online resource for tools, information, guidance to help people make better informed decisions, uh, you know, when it comes to, again, complex senior living options. And so we're really trying to equip and empower, and empower the consumer to, to sort of do that on their own with the tools and information that we provide. So if I go to mylifesite.net, what can I expect and how does it help me research retirement communities? Well, a couple of things. So if you think about the the decision process, you know, there's really two or three main components to that. First is to learn. You've got to really learn, really before you even talk to a retirement community, you have to learn and understand Mm -hmm. everything I've talked about a few moments ago. Mm -hmm. And so we have a learn page on there that we think does a really, really good job of helping people understand what they need to know. We have a lot of guides and and videos and really just consumer education content. We have a blog where every week we're putting out new content on that. So that combined with our videos and our guides and everything else on that learn page is a really great place to start. And then from there, we get into kind of those community level specifics. And so one of the other things we have on our site is getting communities to provide some really detailed information. So the idea is that once you've learned what you need to know on our learn page, now you can make sense of the information that we're providing. So that's really what our site is about. And then the other thing, of course, is is affordability. We have 
some really neat calculators that we actually put in the hands of retirement communities because it has to be pricing specific. So we've got some really neat affordability tools. That These are some of the examples where not only do we have some direct-to-consumer tools, but even some of our tools are used within the industry as well. So yeah, that, that all sounds really helpful for the consumer because this can be an extremely confusing industry to try and figure out, um, especially when you're just beginning to look. One, one of the things that I'm just curious about, you know, you mentioned the website and how that works is, you know, through all the things that you have done, what advice do you have for people who are starting to think about retirement communities? For a lot of people, of course, you know, they're wrestling between should I stay in my home and what does that look like? Or perhaps entertain the idea of a retirement community. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? What are the trade-offs? What are the pros and cons? But, you know, I really encourage people to think about, you know, what do you want your future to look like? What do you want? Yeah. What do you really mm-hmm. want to see? When you think about, like, peace of mind and what that really truly means to you and then what's required to give you that peace of mind, you know, where, where a person lives throughout their retirement years plays a huge role in that. So they really need to think through those things. And, you know, one of the biggest concerns that people have is being a burden on their family. But it's interesting because at the same time, a large majority of people say they want to stay in their own homes. But a lot of times those two <laughs> things don't mesh very well <laughs> because that is true. For, people in their, <laughs> for those staying in their homes, a lot of times that means almost by default you're going to rely more on your family at some point. Yeah, I, I, I say all the time, moving, staying at your in your home is not a default choice. It's not just something you just okay. I'm just going to stay. I don't have to do any planning because it probably requires more planning than even moving your retirement community. Mm-hmm. When you think about all the potential scenarios that could take place and what goes into that and who has to manage and oversee that process and, and who makes the decisions and all these different things. And so it's, um, I always tell people, I'm never one to say that one option is always better than another, but you really have to think through those things that you consider what you want for your future. What are some questions that people should be asking? Like when they get to the point where they want to you know, have a visit to a retirement community, what are the things they should be asking about? That's a wonderful question and kind of a two-part question. So the first part, what do we, um, what do we provide on our, on our reports? Well, we try to think about it in terms of, so as I said earlier, and, and of course, as you all know, different types of retirement communities. And yep. uh, a lot of the communities we work with are uh, just like yours, where it's, you know, pretty much all phases of living are available, everything from independent living to nursing care, assisted living, everything in between. And so with that in mind, our reports kind of kind of follow that. So hmm. every report is going to have a section on independent living, you know, so you can see what types of floor plan options are available, what's the range of pricing, what kind of services and amenities are available, and a number of other things. And then, of course, you can see, okay, what about the assisted living piece? And some really helpful data points there as well around some of the same kinds of things. Um, you know, what types of floor plans? How is that care provided? How is it delivered? Can I hire my own in-home care person or do I need to, uh, or does the community provide that or both? I mean, we really try to think, you know, what would I want to know as a consumer? What's important to me? And we have to be careful in balancing that because we don't want to overwhelm people either. Try to give you a high-level overview. What are the things that we think people need to know at least to get started and compare options? 
Um, and, and I'll say this too. Another thing we really want to do with this site is, as, as I've been telling people, we're trying to build a, a 21st century <laughs> site for <laughs> senior living search because we feel like there's a lot of room for improvement there when you look to see what's available. I mean, if you look at some of the more modern sites today that are out there, whether it's a VRBO or, you know, Airbnb or virtually any site, you can filter your options. You can, you know, kind of match your the different things to your preferences. Mm-hmm. And that's also a lot of what we're trying to do with this site is by collecting those 50 data points, then we can start to say, okay, we can filter by those data points. So, as a consumer, you can go to our site and say, this is important, this is important, this is important. Now show me all the communities that have those, that have those, you know, uh, features. Um, so the more communities we get in that site over time, it, the more valuable those filters will even become. But that's what we're doing. That's what we really, that's sort of our long-term vision with this site is to have really more of a matching site where somebody can match themselves to a community using all these data points that we're adding in. As you think about those those evaluations, then from your perspective, um, what do you think people should be looking at when they evaluate the differences between communities? Well, you know, there's always sort of the quantitative and qualitative aspects to to all this. I mean, certainly some of the quantitative things you can get on our reports and from you know sample residency contracts, which you always need to to understand the contract and all those kind of things. And so, just a few things that kind of come to mind and course we do as I said we have a guide on our learn page that has all these different questions but some of the things that I guess are really top of mind for me that I talk with people about is number one when you think about the monthly cost to live in in that retirement community obviously you really want to understand what's included in that monthly cost and what's extra because that could be different at some communities Mm -hmm. some may more of an all-inclusive approach where others may be more of an a la carte approach so in order to do a fair comparison you really need to understand that and and then second kind of behind that okay once you understand what what is included you need to understand what that really means for instance if if housekeeping is included well what does that actually look like your standard of housekeeping may be a lot different than yep. what's available. So, <laughs> yes. you know, some of us are want a lot more housekeeping than other people do. So, you know, those are those kind of things that you really want to think through and make sure you understand, okay, sure, it's in, it's included, but what does that really mean? And would I end up ultimately having the higher additional housekeeping to mm-hmm. come in? Yep. Something like that. Um, and then, of course, things like, uh, I mean, this is more one of those qualitative things, but I really like when I see a community where there's a really two things. I guess a lot of communities have a, a strong residence council. So the, the residents almost have their own sort of little working board or this residence council that then works very closely with management or the board of the overall organization. And so I, what you're really talking about here is, is there a really effective relationship and line of communication between the residents and the management? Because if there is, and if the residents really feel like they have a voice, that to me is a reflection of a, a more of a thriving community. Mm-hmm. Because if they don't, if the residents don't feel included, if they don't feel like they have a voice, if they don't feel like their opinions are valued, then they're not going to like that. They're not going to tell others about your community. You know, it, it's just not going to be good. And, and more and more today, that's what, that's what people are going to want. So I think that relationship is very important. Uh, I think the culture, I mean, 
this is a place where somebody where, where you're going to live, right? This is going to be yeah. your home. You're going to wake yeah. up there every day. And a retirement community is not not just a place. I mean, we all want a really nice place to live with nice amenities. It's well kept. But at the end of the day, what really makes the community is the people. It's the it's it's the community of people. That's what's most important. And so there needs to be a good fit there. And so I always encourage prospective residents to learn all you can about that, you know, before you move in to make sure whether that's participating in different resident activities or, you know, whatever kind of that the onboarding or sort of orientation process is, make sure you get to know the those residents and that culture because that's going to be a very important part of living there. Um, and then finally, the quality of care. I mean, one of the reasons people would move to a community a lot of times is to have that care available to them later if they should need it. That that comes with that peace of mind. But with that, of course, you want to make sure it's good, high-quality care, the kind of care that you would expect to receive and that you deserve to receive. So doing your due diligence on the care um, and uh, everything that goes into that is also very important. So is there a question that people ask most frequently? Two of the things that, that I tend to hear a lot are, can I use my long-term care insurance, number one, and then the second is, how do I know the community is financially sound? How do I know they're well-managed uh, and looking out for the best interest long-term of the residents to make sure that they can continue to provide all these services? And those are two very important questions, particularly the second one. So how do you go about helping people determine that based on the, on the retirement community that they're looking at? Like what should they be? What are the signs that they should be looking for? Yeah, in terms of that second one about what, how it's well managed and financially and everything like that, you know, there, there's there again, uh, there's quantitative and qualitative ways to do that. I mean, certainly you can get copies of their audited financial statements and some of the more obvious things that you would look for. I mean, you know, how, are they operating in the black? You know, does it look like a healthy balance sheet? All these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Now. Retirement communities often remain as a little different than just a normal operating entity because you do, in many type cases, you have entry fees and, you know, mm-hmm. refundable entry fees and, and the different levels of care. So there, there, it is a little different, you know, animal than just a normal operating entity. And so, um, that can make it a little bit challenging sometimes, but nonetheless, there's still just, is it a healthy balance sheet and, you know, are they operating in the black and all those things are certainly important. I think what I mentioned earlier is important. The relationship between the residents and the board is a resident representation on the board. Mm-hmm. Some of these things are also very important, I think, for that. Um, and then you can even look at you know, this the degree to which this is important based on the type of contract that they offer, the type of residency contract. But um, in many cases, it's very important to have actuarial studies done on your community, which is a way to say, are we as an organization – setting aside proper reserves, are we pricing everything appropriately to make sure we're on track long-term? Kind of like an insurance company needs to do, Mm -hmm. to make sure we're on track long-term to meet our cost obligations to our resident population. So, you know, those are just a few of the things that that somebody can look at. And and we do have, again, a guide on our website about, you know, that, that expands on some of what I've just talked about. You know, so as we're sort of talking here a little bit, I, I was wondering the um, the average move-in age for retirement communities is like 82 plus. 
Um, mm-hmm. I know that I've been talking to some Gen Xers. Gen Xers are now 55. I guess, you know, the baby boomers are 58 and older. So Gen right. X is in that 55 now um, category. So from your yeah. perspective, when is a good time to both start researching and potentially, you know, make that move? Well, the average age thing is always interesting to me because it's an average. And so what you'll find a lot of times is that newer communities will have a a lower average age of entry. Older communities will have a little older average age of entry. That's just the way it works. And so, you know, even though the average age is 82, that can vary widely from one community to another. Uh, And and then the other thing about that, too, and whether you're talking age of entry or average age of the resident, you know, I, I talk a lot about how I've met you know, 85 and 90 year olds that live in retirement communities that have more spunk than some 60 year olds. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, a lot of times residents living in retirement communities are more active and healthy and wellness is a very important component of that retirement community. And so, you know, it can be a little misleading because you can have somebody that's maybe 85, but really they live a life that's more energetic than uh, some folks much younger than them. But Nonetheless, to your, your question about when to actually start the process, I think once somebody really starts to kind of feel that itch that, you know, I don't know how long I want to continue taking care of this home. Or maybe they're mm-hmm. thinking, well, if, if we're going to stay here, we're going to have to really renovate this house because it's just not equipped for us to be here long term, particularly if something were to really change with our health, mm-hmm. um, with our mobility uh, or something of that nature. Or maybe they're starting to have that sense that, you know, we don't have family nearby. What would we do if, or even if they do have family nearby, you know, we don't really want them to be burdened. So it's hard to say exactly when to start that process. Again, everybody ages at a different sort of pace. But I think once somebody starts to feel those sort of things, it's probably not a bad time to at least start looking around and seeing what your options are. Um, and understanding and educating yourself because you don't want to be rushed to make a decision. And, yeah. um, and I've seen for, for some people it might take years, but by going ahead and getting that information and, and analyzing the options and thinking about things and, and you never know when something could happen that would accelerate your timeline. You know, I mean, things have a way of changing in our lives. They and do. all of a sudden what, what didn't make sense before now all of a sudden might make sense. So it never hurts anything to start that process earlier rather than later. Yeah, I think that's good advice. That's something that we actually see is people say, oh, I've been thinking about this, but now I want to do it like right now. Um, and there's a lot that there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, for sure. Um, from the financial perspective, um, why do you think it's a good financial investment to, uh, to consider retirement community? Having a financial planning background, I'm always careful not to refer to it as an investment. <laughs> but, um, sure. <laughs> yeah, that, makes, that makes sense. <laughs> but um, you could think of it as an investment in your life and your long-term well-being and your happiness, certainly. But, um, you know, why do I think it makes sense? Well, first of all, as I said earlier, I, I, I'll never say it makes sense for everybody. Sure. But for many people, I do think it makes sense. Um, I mean, all the you know, it needs to make sense financially for you and those kind of things. But assuming that it does, you know, I think I've had the, the pleasure to, to visit lots of retirement communities over the years. I've, I've probably visited and stayed in more than 200 communities across the country. And when I, when I go to these communities, the thing that I love is that I'm actually able to observe some of these things and to, 
and I get the chance to talk with residents. And um, certainly, I wouldn't say that every single resident is 100% happy with every single thing about the community. I mean, there's always, like anything, you know, your favorite restaurant could, you might one night go and the service is bad. I mean, you know, nothing's ever perfect, but I hear so many stories where people say it's the best thing I ever did. You know, it's, um, I absolutely love it here. I know that if something changes, I'm in a place where I don't have to worry about that, where my family doesn't have to be involved. I I have fun every day because I have (laughs) friends living right here with me. You know, I, I hear these kind of stories. And I think for a lot of people, too, they like knowing that having those friends, those neighbors in that community, that if something changed with their health mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they needed assisted living or something like that, that they have those people there with them. You know, that's that's meaningful. They, they, they don't feel like they would be alone in that. Um, so for me, the best to answer your question, it just is all the different stories that I've heard from people and how much they truly enjoy it and appreciate living there. Any any last words of advice or thoughts that, that you have about, as people are thinking about this journey to move to a retirement community that you, you would want to share with them? The only thing I would probably say, in addition to what we've talked about, and I may have alluded to this, but I really think it's important for people to think about not just today. Because it's easy to say, you might look at a retirement community and say, ah, you know, I just can't. But you have to think not just about today, but you also have to think about the future. Mm-hmm. And what do you really want to see and what do you really want to avoid in the future? And how does where you're living now, how would that look in the future based on all those things? We all know situations where it's one thing when somebody chooses to make a decision to move to a retirement community. It's another when later on they feel forced to move to assisted living or something like that, because either by their family or because of their health or, or, or both, that becomes a very difficult situation. Yeah. So, unfortunately, even for a lot of people that say they want to stay in their home, ultimately they end up having to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's a very difficult situation. So I just, you know, you have to weigh all of that out. And uh, and if we knew exactly what the future held for all of us, it'd be a lot easier to plan, But but we don't. So you have to think through all those potential scenarios. Very good. This has been a wonderful conversation. So uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed the conversation. Do you dread vacations because you need to find someone to get the mail, watch the house, mow the yard, or shovel snow? Do you long to simply pack your bags and lock the door before heading out on an adventure? At Garden Spot Village, you have the freedom to simply lock your door and walk away. Security, maintenance, lawn care, and snow removal. It's all included in your monthly fee, so you get to explore the places you want to explore when you want to explore them. Learn more at gardenspotvillage.org. You know, mylifesite.net is a pretty powerful tool. It's kind of like online shopping for retirement communities. But it's so much more than that. It's this resource that creates informed shoppers. The site offers a variety of tools, and their weekly blog offers really valuable content to readers. And so what we've done is we've summarized the five main ideas from our conversation with Brad in a a PDF. The PDF is entitled, Five Things to Consider as You Move to a Retirement Community, and the link is in the podcast description. The PDF lists important recommendations um, as you make your decisions. Number one is, you know, prioritize peace of mind at the top of the list. Number two, understand the financial implications. And then three, determine the culture of the community that you're considering. 
Four, consider costs of the different choices. And five, um, make the decision for yourself. Before we go, let's not forget our giveaway. If you contact us through our website, gardenspotcommunities.org, in the next two weeks, we will enter you into a drawing for an autographed copy of Margaret Novak's recently released book, Squint, Revisioning the Second Half of Life. Again, contact us through gardenspotcommunities.org and we'll enter you into the drawing. In our next podcast, we're going to hear from Carol Lehman. Carol is going to give us the lowdown on the real estate market and give us some advice about how to sell your home if you've lived in it for 30 years or more. Thank you for listening to Purpose in Retirement. I'm Scott Miller. And I'm Juanita Fox. And a special thanks to Brad Breeding for joining us for this podcast. Our senior producer and host is Scott Miller. And our co-host is Juanita Fox. Our producer is Gavin Souter. And our audio engineer is Jen Miller.